some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. November the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2022, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitt.
He is the Lord of heaven and earth. Amen. Okay, can you like to say? Let's do it, guys. It's election day. Go it's vote. election day. Go vote. Go vote. Got to vote, 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 vote. Amen. Make a change. But not necessarily it's not in every That's according to who it is. I mean, we're pretty good here in Tennessee. I mean, we're, we're pretty well off. we got a pretty good state. But uh, wherever you might be listening from, if you have a vote, there's some, there's some of these guys listening. Some of these people I know are listening from different countries. They don't have a vote. They don't have a say in who is ruling over their area. So it is a great blessing to be able to vote. Good morning. It's Tuesday morning. It was good to have a little bit of time yesterday to just sit and do nothing. It feels like we have been solid for so long that a week seems like a month in my mind up here. It's like, whoa, that was a long time ago. No, that was the day before yesterday. Just a lot of things going on in our life. And it is good. It's Tuesday morning, though. It's time to, for us to go back to work and do some things that helps us pay the bills, right? I hate bills. And the bills are getting, <laughs> bills are getting harder. Everything's going up. Fuel is way up in there, especially if you drive a diesel truck like I do. Oh, my goodness. But that's not what we're here for. But that's not what we're here for. <laughs> what am I talking about? Things are good, and I am happy. I, I praise the Lord for all his goodness. i got a wonderful family. We can just count our blessings. Matter, matter of fact, I want to even start this morning saying the Sma. And there's a reason. It's because of where we are at in the book of Revelation. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Praise the Lord. We want all of heaven, every angel, every demon, every principality and power to hear us declare who we belong to. We belong to the God of Israel. We, be, we belong to the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. Our king is Jesus, Yeshua. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen, amen. And that's good. We declare our allegiance. We are here in Revelation chapter 13. Last Friday, from the lodge at Montgomery Bell State Park, we talked a little bit about this beast, this lamb that comes up out of the earth. I called him the false prophet beast, and that's what I believe that he is. And as I begin here, I want to give another disclaimer I probably shouldn't give as many, but I want you to understand that sometimes people tune in that are not regulars. I when you when we talk about the things that we're talking about, there is many, 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 many different opinions. I don't want you to think that I don't know the other opinions or I've not studied the other opinions that are out there about the book of Revelation. I've been studying this book for over 20 years, 
I think I have studied every thought process, every theological system that teaches this book. And so, I mean, I understand what the Seventh-day Adventists teach. I I've studied all of these systems. And, uh, and I say that to say this. This is a discussion we have among family. The main thrust of the book of Revelation, anybody can understand. There is evil principalities and powers that want to destroy the work of God here on the earth. But God is also working here on the earth, and a time is coming when he is going to take over. And we are commissioned by the Lord. We are given a blessing. And it says, blessed is he that reads this book and keeps the things that are written therein. I take the view, I take the view that when Jesus gave John this letter to write it down and send it to the churches in Asia, to disseminate and go out among all believers so that they would have this book to read to encourage them. I take the position that God did not mean for us to have to be a Hebrew or Greek scholar to get the message that he is trying to portray. Matter of fact, I think he made it. It's kind of like the book of Revelations. It, Re Revelation is written in a way. It's almost like uh, cartoon book form. It's like it's pinned down in visions. So when it's read, the people hear and they get these images and these images represent these realities that gives the saints of God the faithfulness to, to, to endure unto the end. John receives this while he's on the Isle of Patmos. He's being persecuted for the faith. So there is a reality to the relativity of this book in every age that there's always a false system. There's always a Nero. There's always a Domitian. There's always a, 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 a leader that is trying to suppress the truth of God and, and it's been that way. Okay? There's always a Hitler. There's always a, you know, Antiochus Epiphanes. Okay? But I also take the position after studying this for years, I have become what is called a futurist. That is to say, though I believe it spiritually applies and we get these lessons no matter what age we live in, I think the direct, complete fulfillment is still in the future. Now, that's my position. You don't have to agree with that. And so in this, as we, in this study, Daybreak, as we go through verse by verse, I mean, you could say, well, Brother Scott thinks because I'm sharing with you what I think, having read all of the things, I know the different systems, this is what I think. I don't mean I'm right, <laughs> but I'm just sharing with you what I think. I like to know what you think about things as well. But when we get here to the second beast, and we talk about the unholy trinity, remember he had horns, that speaks of authority, he had the he looked like a lamb that speaks of gentleness. Uh, it even could say he's coming from a form of Christianity. Okay. But he speaks, he speaks, uh, he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, causes all, causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship. 
the beast, the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So he's one that's pointing people to worship. It's He's like a, a false Elijah, a false John the Baptist, where John the Baptist is saying, the Lamb of God, behold, the Lamb of God, Yeshua, Jesus, he's the one. This is the flip side to where he is pointing people to the beast and saying, worship him, bow before him. He's the real deal. And this is a time in history where God is going to allow it at a global scale. But it'll be mainly focused in the Middle East. That will be where the brunt of it is. And we read this, I believe, Friday. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. And we talked about that as well. Elijah called down fire from heaven. Okay, This prophet is going to call down fire from heaven. Where Elijah's fire calling down from heaven was to cause people to worship the one true God, this fire coming down from heaven is going to be a deceptive tool to cause people to worship the beast. Uh, in the sight of men, verse 14, and he deceives, deceives, he's a deceiver. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. We read that also on Friday. We went to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, remember? God gives strong delusion. He is allowing this. Why is God allowing this? So that all might be damned who did not believe the truth. God says, okay, you really think you want this? Now it's time for you to decide. And everybody's going to decide. Now, don't think that there's no truth going to be on the earth at this time as well. There will be. There, there will be people preaching the truth. There will be witnesses calling down fire in Jerusalem as well. And so the people will just have to decide who is God. It's, it is the challenge that Elijah faced. And that's why Elijah returns at the end again. Okay, that, that's why Elijah returns. Okay, now it says... Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by a sword and lived. He says, make an image to the beast. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small, great, rich, poor, free, slave, to receive a mark on their right hand, their foreheads, that no one may buy or sell except the one, except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom that him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Let's take these things one thing, one thing at a time. And let's talk about what we can know and what we can't know as we move on. The first thing, he talks about an image of the beast. So when we just think of the image, sometimes I wonder, why in the world does, does human beings love to form an image and then bow down to it? Have you ever, have you ever thought about that? Why? Does it make sense to you? But what this is supposed to do, as soon as we read this, and as soon as they read this back in 100 A.D. or 110 A.D., 
it was supposed to take them directly to the book of Daniel, right? Chapter 3. What is this pointing us to? Makes an image and causes people to bow down and worship the image. Now, this has happened throughout history. Think of even when the children of Israel left Egypt and they go out after all the signs and the wonders of the plagues of Egypt and they're delivered by the blood of the lamb, they're delivered by the Passover lamb and they leave, they walk through the Red Sea. Now they're a free nation. Now they're a free people. They're not under the bondage of Egypt anymore and they get out there to the mountain and Moses goes up to God to get the commandments of God the, their God that they're going to worship this is our God and no, it didn't take them no time what did they do they fashioned a calf a bull and bowed down and worshipped the bull and that became uh, a stable image of Baal. It becomes a stable image throughout history of worship. You know, Baal later, his what's his image? A bull. Uh, and I may have told you this Friday, but I, I'm encouraging you. Did any of you, I think I said this Friday, did any of you type into YouTube uh, Commonwealth Opening Ceremony 2022? Just type it in. No matter what they say about it, this is, here's what's wild. There's a huge bull that walks and comes out and it's breathing fire and, and it comes. It's animated. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, like, a, automated. it's like a robot. Automated. It's like a robot and they're pulling it with a chain. All these women are pulling it with a chain. But then it breaks free from the chain and it moves out to the middle and then there's all these people that received these rocks from this meteorite that came down from heaven and they walk up to it and they tame the bull and then this woman climbs up on this beast and she rides it. It's wild. And as this bull is sitting here, all these people and these nations that's represented of the commonwealth, they all bow down to this bull. Look at it. It's just crazy to me. No, no matter what you think, you think, oh, it's just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people actually think. I see through it to what the enemy is doing myself. I see what the images actually are representing personally and the way that the world is going. Anyway, you should check it out. It's freaky. It is dark. It is weird. But it's just to say, why? Why do people love to bow down to an image. Why do they want to carve an image and then bow down to it? I just don't understand. But that's what happened. Remember that this began at a place called Babel, the Tower of Babel. Oh, by the way, that's in the opening ceremony as well. There's this, what looks like the Tower of Babel. Then it's on fire and then it's restored at the end. But anyway, I'm sorry. I got it. I got to quit jumping off. Tower of Babel, God comes down because men lift their, they're unified to lift themselves up against God and he comes down and divides the language. Then Nebuchadnezzar, now we're fast forwarding, 
and in the book of Daniel, this is King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, there was this, he's the one that had this dream of this image, the image of gold, right? And of silver and of bronze and then of steel, of iron, excuse me. And, and all of this stuff was taking place. Now, later, he decides, wasn't he brilliant? In chapter 3, it says, now Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold. I'm in Daniel chapter 3 whose height was 60 cubits with six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Gura in the prince of Babylon, uh, province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together all the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, in symphony, with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. What? It's crazy. Why is this humanity? Why does humanity want to do this? Isn't it weird? But like I said, just th those games, even if you see it in play, I don't care how you interpret it. Go watch what I was telling. That was in June this year, June or July. This summer, people still love to bow down to images, and the images re represent things. And so when we read the book of Revelation of this false prophet, this beast that comes up out of the earth, it's like a lamb, he's got two horns, and he causes everybody to worship this beast, which would be the political head. Here's what we're seeing. This is the spiritual side of this world government system that will arise in the end days. And as I have told you, there has to be a world religion for the world government to rise because the world is just too religious. So there has to be a coming together, a coexisting, a bringing together of all the religions to bring the world government to power. But then sometime in the future, that leader, indwelled by Satan himself, possessed by Satan himself, is going to set himself up and lift himself above all that is called God or that is worship. And there is going to be another person, another being that's going to be a spiritual prophet-like being that is going to cause people and point them to him and call down fire from heaven and say, yes, worship 
him. And then he's going to cause people to make an image. The difference in this image, this was just an image, and then they would play the music, and everybody would fall down in worship. And of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't do that, and I know you've heard many sermons on that. Let's go back to the book of Revelation. But at the end time, another image is going to be erected. Oh, thank you, daughter. Time is up. Here, here's to say this, though. Do you not understand that we are now living in a time where you can not only make an image, but you can make an image that can speak? Nebuchadnezzar's image was just an image. And the people spoke for the image. At the end, and this is this is confused people. How is it going to make an image to speak? Is it going to demonically speak? And maybe it'll be demonically empowered to speak. But we are living in a time, you are living in a time. Hey, Siri. <laughs> Off my phone. Hey, let's talk to my phone. And it talks back to me. We're living in a different time. And we're talking about a time coming where this image, there's given breath to it. There's a form of life given to it. And it can speak. That is amazing. So we got to cut off right there and we'll start again in the morning. We'll pick up from there. Love to know your thoughts, but this is wild. This is just wild. And we're living in interesting times. Okay? And, and that's why I think it's even good to declare the Shema. Now, right after the Shema, I'd like for you to read tonight, sometime today, go to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's where the Shema comes from, what we, what we said at the beginning. It's a declaration of who I belong to. Yeshua, Jesus came along. They asked him what was the greatest commandments. He recited the Shema and then added to it, the second was love your neighbor as yourself. So that's why I say the Shema like I say it, because I say it like Jesus said it. And I declare my allegiance to the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is my God. But what I want you to see is as, as, as you read Deuteronomy chapter 6, at least the first several verses, you'll see right after that declaration, the Lord says, cause it to be between your frontlets and in your hands. This has a lot to do with the end time, what the enemy wants to do as well. Let's say the Lord's prayer and we'll jump off here. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Love you, saints. See you tomorrow.